This is the Squared Ham Podcast. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the host and guests and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that they may or may not be associated with in their professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions expressed are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, fraternity, business, company, or a specific individual. Now, on to the show. Morning, morning time. I am Mike Schaefer, and welcome to the Squared Ham. It is Thursday. August 13th, 2020. This is episode 11, Taking a Knee. I always welcome questions and comments about topics that I have covered on this show. After the last episode, 2020, It's Not the Jetsons published, I received some comments about it. Now I half expected to get a few comments from folks telling me I was wrong about the mark of the beast and that we are indeed in the end times now and that my views on Revelation were wrong. Well, surprise, surprise, I didn't get those comments. Well, at least not yet. <laughs> but I had expected to. As any time you discuss religion, people will almost always disagree. What I actually got were comments from something else that I had said during the show. During the show, I had mentioned athletes and others were kneeling during the playing of the national anthem. And at the end of the show... I stated that I will only kneel before my God. These comments I received were, well, let's just say colorful. I try my best to keep this show suitable for all ages, so I won't repeat what was said verbatim. The comments basically all echoed their anger and disdain at the kneelers for disrespecting the flag and the veterans that served under it. I felt that after reading the comments, some listeners might have misconstrued my personal stance on the Kaepernick kneeling movement. In this show, I'd like to clear that up. So where does the take a knee movement come from? It all started during the American football preseason in 2016, when the San Francisco's 49ers black quarterback Colin Kaepernick sat instead of standing during the national anthem. By the fourth game, his sitting, which he said was intended to raise awareness of police brutality towards African Americans, had become this this large national talking point. That was when Kaepernick, seeking a dignified way to protest without offending military, let me say that again, he sought a dignified way to protest without offending military, he tried something else. He knelt. Let's think about this kneeling posture. It's not sitting, it's not standing. It's halfway up, if you would. It was his way of saying that we are partially where we need to be. Now, I've heard others argue that it's not fair that Kaepernick is permitted to kneel, but Tim Tebow wasn't. In researching, I have found two distinct things. Number one, Tim Tebow never knelt during the anthem. And number two, he knelt for prayer. Now, I have not found any fine or punishment levied against Tebow by the NFL or any other authority for kneeling other than him being publicly ridiculed and mocked for his faith. If you know of any factual events, please send me the link. I'd love to read them. 
and no, Facebook memes don't count and are not factual. When Kaepernick was asked about kneeling in the military, he replied, I have great respect for the men and women that have fought for this country. I have family. I have friends that have gone and fought for this country. And they fight for freedom. They fight for the people. They fight for liberty and justice for everyone. That's not happening. People are dying in vain because this country isn't holding their end of the bargain up as far as giving freedom and justice, liberty to everybody. That's something that's not happening. I've seen videos. I've seen circumstances where men and women that have in the military have come back and have been treated unjustly by the country they have fought for and have been murdered by the country they fought for on our land. That's not right. End of his statement. So now you say, okay, Mike, I agree that our veterans are being treated poorly. But what about the fact that Kaepernick's kneeling during the anthem is disrespectful towards veterans? Kaepernick has said time and time again that he is protesting the treatment of black people in America, not the troops. It's a misconstruction of his intent when people use this argument, as the reason for kneeling for the anthem was due to the fact that he didn't agree that the ideals the anthem and flag symbolize hold true to black Americans. So let's look at these statistics on minorities versus Caucasians, and these are just a few. While people of color make up only 30% of the population in the United States, they account for 60% of those imprisoned. According to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, one in three black men can expect to go to prison during their lifetime. According to the Department of Education, African American students are arrested far more than their white classmates. In New York City, 88% of police stops in 2018 involved black and Latino people, while 10% involved white people. Of those, 70% were completely innocent. And the list goes on and on and on. Some of these statistics are flat out wrong and demonstrate profiling and racism. Yes, racism exists within law enforcement. It exists in society. Police officers are pulled from society. Racism exists in all careers. Now, this doesn't mean all police officers are racist. Using that logic is ridiculous. That's like saying you have one racist, so everybody's racist. It, it's ridiculous. The majority of the police officers are not racist. Nor am I saying that all those arrested or, in, or are imprisoned are innocent. I'm not. Yes, there are innocent people in prison, but those numbers are small. As an ex-deputy, I worked in the jail for a bit. There were many repeat offenders. I remember this one black gentleman. I won't say his name, but he kind of had an impact on me. Um, little backstory: he was an older gentleman at the time. He was in his 40s. I was mid-20s when I was working at the sheriff's department. And this gentleman came in. He was in our minimum security, and he had a possession charge for marijuana. So he wasn't going to be there long, but he had this charge. Um, originally, I understand he was it was distribution, but it was reduced to possession because it was his first time being arrested. So now this man's in his 40s. He's married, has children, has never, ever been arrested until this time. And getting to talk to him, he was struggling with bills. He was having a hard time finding a good-paying job. 
um, education, whatnot, just the whole societal things that he grew up with. And he was working a very low paying job, but he was having a hard time paying the bills. And some people from his area that he lived in said, hey, you know, hustle this stuff for me, sell this dope, you know, and you make a couple extra bucks, you can pay your bills. So he went out there, he tried to hustle it, got caught. He wasn't a hardened criminal. He didn't know how to get away with this, you know, and he got caught. The courts saw that he had it. He was distributing this stuff. They they took a little bit of mercy on him and they gave him a possession charge and he got out. Well, it wasn't much longer, maybe two months, three months later, he was back in, this time being charged with the distribution. And I got talking to him, and I was like, man, what's happening? What's, what, why are you here? And he had explained that being incarcerated, waiting to go to jail, um, paying his fines, lawyers, everything else, all those bills added onto his debt that he already had trying to pay the bills coming in. Plus, while he was incarcerated, the bills weren't getting paid. He wasn't working. So he incurred more debt. When he got back home, he no longer had a job because the place he was working didn't want to employ somebody that had just gotten out of jail. He was trying to get another job and nobody would hire him because he just got out of jail. Wife's hungry. Kids are hungry. About to lose the house. He went right back to making money the way he only way he knew how based on his scenario, and that was trying to hustle some more dope. Hearing this story and feeling for this man, I remember thinking that something needed to be done to change this pattern, and it was probably one of the instrumental things that uh, kind of convinced me to to leave later. And I left the sheriff's department, took a job working at the juvenile center. Now these were young men and women who were in trouble with the law. But the state had sentenced them to this facility, which housed, schooled, and provided counseling to them with the hope of giving them a chance to turn their life around. I wanted to work there, you know, to make a difference, to nip the problem in the bud, if you would, before it became a serious problem. And it was a roller coaster of emotions to work there, as some of the children were success stories and others not so much. They, they were complete train wrecks destined for a life in prison. You just, you just couldn't get through to them. She might be saying, yeah, yeah, Mike, you know, what does this have to do with Kaepernick taking a knee? I mean, what is he doing besides kneeling? Well, good question. I had the same question and uh, did some research, and it has shown that he himself has donated over $1 million and has garnered the financial support of many celebrities and others with the numbers estimated to be several million more. And you're like, well, okay, he's got this money. What's he doing with it? Well, here's a list of a few places I found that he's donated to. And uh, let me go ahead and read this list. Silicon Valley Debug. Silicon Valley Debug is a community organization, advocacy, and multimedia storytelling organization based out of San Jose, California. Since its inception in 2001, Debug has been a platform for Silicon Valley's diverse communities to impact the political cultural, and social landscape of the region, while also becoming a nationally recognized model for community-based justice work. This other program that he donated to was called the Advancement Project. Rooted in the great human rights struggles for equality and justice, we exist to fulfill America's promise of caring, inclusive, and just democracy. Another one, United 
Playas, P-L-A-Y-A-Z. Per the organization's website, they provide a comprehensive range of services to prepare vulnerable youth for higher education, employment, and healthy living within a safe, nurturing, and collaborative environment. Mothers Against Police Brutality This organization unites mothers nationwide to fight for civil rights, police accountability, and police reform. Imagine L.A. Imagine LA is dedicated to mobilizing the community to end the cycle of family homelessness and poverty. Here's another, Angel by Nature. Angel by Nature has actively been helping those in need after the effects of Hurricane Harvey. Um, On their website, it says the organization is driven to help benefit and supply the Houston community with relief efforts ranging from living conditions, education, to personal health and motivation. Schools on Wheels. School on Wheels provides an academic tutoring to children living in shelters, motels, cars, group foster homes, and on the streets in Southern California. They provide homeless students ability in a time of stress and transition. I'm sorry. They provide homeless students stability in a time of stress and transition and help them achieve educational success so they may break the cycle of homelessness and poverty. Community United for Police Reform. The organization's focus is on discriminatory and abusive policing in New York City. They aim to help with investment and respect, safety and human rights, accountability and transparency. Here's another. Youth Service Inc. is a nonprofit organization that has provided immediate shelter and support services to Philadelphia's children, youth, and families for over 65 years. YSI offers unique programs and niche services throughout the city, including Philadelphia's only crisis nursery programs and the largest shelter in the area for homelessness and runaway teens. Through shelter, counseling, and in-home support services, YSI reaches more than 5,000 clients annually, the majority of whom live below the poverty level. Uh, this other one, home, H period, O period, M period, E period, it stands for Helping Oppressed Mothers Endure. According to their website, HOME is a 501c organization founded to help single mothers who are working and or going to school survive the tough times and persevere towards an appointed time for success in life. And and there's more. But, well, it sure looks to me like Kaepernick is putting his money where his mouth is. He is trying to provide financial aid to where it is needed. So maybe this cycle can be broken to reduce or change the behaviors that are leading to arrests and incarceration. It looks like he's trying to bring about police reform where there is more transparency and accountability. His platform and place of choosing to bring this awareness about might be controversial to some, but it's deliberate. He wants equality for all. There might be no higher symbol of value in the collective consciousness of Americans than standing for the flag. Yet, to Kaepernick, there's something under the flag that needs to be perpetually addressed. Namely, the failure to live up to the ideals the flag represents. So now you've heard all that, but there's still those, Yeah, but it's our anthem, you still shout. And I ask this of you. Why is it so important to you? 
Why are you elevating the anthem and flag to a status that mimics worship? Oh, but I'm not, you shout back. Then why are you so upset, I ask. I get the same angry response from many Christian friends when I ask about the cross on their necklace or the cross displayed on their vehicle and in their homes. I ask, why do you have that? To which they, almost all of them, reply, it's a symbol of my faith. I then reply that it is the instrument of death that was used to crucify Jesus Christ, and that if Jesus came today, instead of during the time when he did, you know, 2,000 years later, and today we were to sentence him to death, would we not execute him via lethal injection or the electric chair? I then ask, would you walk around with a gold syringe or a golden electric chair pennant on the necklace around your neck? Would you wear that around your neck? By this time, many are angry with me and either walk off or just stop talking. I've had a few, though, truthfully, that have replied that it was a good point and they've never thought about it, you know, and they'll give it something to consider. But, but what does any of this cross stuff have to do with Kaepernick kneeling during the anthem? Well, as a Christian myself... I remember as a child sitting in church and learning that the Jewish leaders were angry with Jesus because he was healing and performing miracles on the Sabbath. The Sabbath was one of the sacred cows of Jewish religious life. Moses explicitly gave instructions about the place of Sabbath and the details surrounding the practice. Yet those who practiced Sabbath consistently overlooked those in need. You read this in in chapter 13 of Luke. Jesus, on the other hand, consistently heals, which according to those religious leaders constituted work, and he was breaking the law by working on the Sabbath. So when we think about this, um, maybe in this act, Jesus was protesting the inconsistency in their ideals that was found in the Torah. He was exposing the dissonance of their spirituality. They were more caught up in the symbolism of day, the Sabbath, Then looking at the bigger picture, people were in need and needed help. Now, Jesus could have healed on a Tuesday, but would not have effectively called attention to the ways the religious community had gone astray. Jesus didn't get rid of the Sabbath. He just wanted it to reflect its original intention. Kaepernick didn't burn the flag or piss on soldiers' graves. He just wants America to reflect its original intention. Liberty and justice for all. Now here's a disclaimer. I'm not saying Kaepernick is the modern day Jesus, or even equating him as an equal. He is a man, not a deity. What I am saying is that sometimes you have to stir the pot to get noticed, and Kaepernick has done just that. As a veteran, ex-law enforcement officer, and proud American who supports the First Amendment, I have served and defended that right. The very same right that affords me the freedom of speech affords Kaepernick the right to kneel if he chooses. The First Amendment affords folks the right to a peaceful protest, which does not consist of rioting, looting, setting fires, or injuring and killing innocent bystanders. Those acts are vile and despicable, criminal acts. I won't kneel during the anthem. Not because I don't believe or acknowledge Kaepernick's cause, 
but rather because the anthem has significant value to me which I can't overlook or table. I stand out of respect for those who served and those who paid the ultimate price, my brothers and sisters in arms who fought for our freedoms. Is America perfect? No. Can it be better? Yes. But I will not disregard the sacrifice and progress that has been made thus far. I will stand. That's the show for today. I'd love to hear from you and hear what your thoughts and comments are on today's show. Or if there's a topic that I've not yet covered and you would like me to, let me know. Comments can be emailed to thesquaredham at gmail.com. Again, that's thesquaredham at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, you can spend your time searching for light or you can become the light.